You're listening to Tech Nest, the PropTech Podcast. In each episode, you'll hear from PropTech founders, investors, and industry veterans on how they're using tech to change the way we buy, sell, and invest in real estate. Discover market opportunities, interesting data, growth tactics, and trends driving the industry forward. This isn't just another podcast about making money in real estate. This is about how we live. And now your host, Nate Smoyer. Hey, Vez. Welcome to the show. Thank you for having me. Appreciate it, Nate. Yeah, I'm excited to have you. Uh, I'm digging the custom jersey you're rocking. Very <laughs> few people I've seen in the industry uh, are doing up their swag as a jersey. Uh, oh, I love it. On the back, it says CEO. Yeah. Why the number seven? What's the significance of the number seven? Uh, I'm a big fan of Colin Kaepernick. I, you know, I was I was in Reno, you know, when he was at UNR, following through the 49ers. You know, unfortunately, you know, like his whole career took a different change, but he's always been an impact guy. And mm. I emulate impact into the work B&B brand. And I find lots of characters in these sports industries like Deion Sanders, with his I believe message and Colin Kaepernick with his messages. So again, we kind of just like brought it into our culture at the company and we rock with it. We have a good time. <laughs> That's good stuff. Well, uh, for, for everyone listening, I've got Yves Perez. He's co-founder and CEO of a company called Work BNB. They're a Techstars venture-backed company, which we're going to talk about that. A B2B SaaS travel platform. They're really focused on bringing workforce or rental homes to market for those traveling as part of their profession. A segment that uh, Yves, I'm sure, is going to open up here for us that he believes is underserved and, and ripe for disruption. And so I'm going to start right there. Why care about workforce housing? So, I mean, wow. And, and maybe we you know, back up just a little bit more. Let, let, let's back up just a little bit more. What let's let's lay the groundwork. What's what's workforce housing? Okay, so 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 workforce housing is a strategy in the housing market where you're trying to get like the most essential workers in your communities affordable, decent, safe housing. Okay, and. Mm-hmm. The, 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 the government and government officials like mayors and all that, they kind of hijacked that narrative and took it to affordable housing, which we all know is like everything from like Section 8 to just like uh, rent controlled properties that you have okay. to qualify for. But for those that that have to travel for work, where they they have to build roads, bridges, highways, uh, you know, repair our cities, our water infrastructure, our power lines, all those types of workers, they just don't have guaranteed workforce housing available wherever they go. It just doesn't exist like that. Right. The, the majority of inventory is towards consumers and business travelers, white collar business travelers. So, so uh, that's where we just found this uh, this uh, underserved niche, but but why they matter is because you know 
we want comfortable lives. We want comfortable neighborhoods. We want we want the water to work. We want the power to work. Even for these podcasts, we want it all to work. But there are real people who have to maintain that and repair it and rebuild it every couple of years. And it's all over the country. It's all over the world. Uh, construction is forever. Power infrastructure is forever. So, so these workers have to travel to do their jobs. But mm-hmm. what's, what's not talked about is the mental health crisis that's going on in the, the uh, construction industry where it's like they're traveling at an all-time high. They're away from their families at an all-time high. Mm-hmm. And right now, they have the highest suicide rate than any other industry in the United States. As I far did not as know that. That is, that is Out very of every 100,000 construction workers, 53 take their lives every year from the stress. Wow. Now you have your body hurting. You have to work in extreme weather. Again, you're traveling away from your family. And then you have to stay in a motel for 12 months, 14 months working on a project. Like, People break. Mental health is fragile. So, you know, we have very much a purpose to exist. Yeah, uh, I, I did not know that. And I do a fair amount of uh, road trips. I, I just got uh, two weeks ago, got, got back from Utah. And we, we drove through, you know, uh, I am in South Dakota. I'm sure everyone's tired of hearing me talk about being from South Dakota, but it's true. Uh, so <laughs> we, we, we drove down through the, like the southeastern portion of Wyoming uh, and then through Colorado a bit and, and Utah. And you get through plenty of small towns with motels and you see the projects and you're like, who is like, you, know, you think about like who is staying at these motels? And, and honestly, I thought about, I thought about what you're working on here. Cause I thought about, I was like, well, actually I think I know who stays in these motels. Mm-hmm. Because there's not a whole lot of reasons to go to some of these towns. And they might no. be people like me traveling through. But I, I could see the vehicles. I mean, I saw linemen's, you know, uh, large vehicles like for electric lines and power right. lines. You mm-hmm. can see the, the the trucks and the vans out parked out, out front. And then, I mean, it kind of gives you an idea here. Okay, so then uh, you, you kind of laid it out. Like, you know, this is that type of housing and and some of the, the point here point of it is like this traveling like but walk me through some of the like practical differences that makes workforce housing a better solution than me just you know why why can't i just use the standard supply of airbnb or why can't i use the standard supply of even the midterm motels because they have kitchens they have bathrooms so so in a sense again in tech because this is a tech cop podcast so i'm gonna we're gonna talk techie for a little bit uh when you're building a product you have a what's called an ideal customer profile. And mm-hmm. you are really like researching everything about that customer so that you can satisfy that particular customer. And the best way to be successful in tech is to focus on one customer. Get as much from that one customer as possible and do well. Now, I got to tell you, in the world of Airbnb, Workforce travelers is not their ideal customer profile. It is a family or a person who is vacationing, getting away, going to a concert. That product was built for them. Booking.com was built for white collar business travelers. So, and it goes on and on and on. So again, without like the setback and the architecture and the brand architecture to build a product for this ideal workforce person, then what you do is 
as as a customer, if a shoe doesn't fit, you're just looking for something that sort of fits, right? Right. And and again, Extended Stay America, I look at them as like Blockbuster, okay? You think you have this on lock, but you really don't because your customers hate your product. It is a very small 400, maybe 600 square foot space with a mini fridge, a hot plate, pots and pans that look like they came from a from a thrift store and and I have to stay here for 9 months like eventually people start to break down and mm-hmm. even though the money is good in construction right now the pay is great what it puts on a worker is I miss home I want to be in a home I want to go back home And in this industry, they're going through a labor crisis where uh, some of the best workers in their in their business are are at retirement age. Right. And they're retiring every year. They need to inspire young kids who want to be right now TikTok dancers. They want to look cool. They need to inspire these young kids to get into the trades. And you can't inspire youth with old ideas. You can't inspire a new wave of generation or, as we call it, the future of construction with, you know, these old ways of doing things. So so now we had to brand it. We had to create a different category. There is workforce housing. And then Mm -hmm. there are workforce rentals now. And that's Mm -hmm. the movement that we're leading is that we're getting the vacation property owner to give up that that business and say it's, you know, it's saturated, move over to workforce and get a company to book your rental. And that message is resonating right now. Well, let's get into it. How does a company work? with work B&B, like walk me through uh, practically how this all shakes out. From a tech product standpoint, we had to have a really deep conversation about the direction of the product. And what I mean by that is uh, there's a very smart tech investor named Peter Thiel, um, mm-hmm. you know, invested in Facebook, you know, super famous guy, you know, mm-hmm. Silicon Valley investor. And in his book, Zero to One, he talks about something that they call the contrarian truth. Okay. And the, the, the concept around this is that the next predecessor of a particular industry should be nothing like it's, or I'm sorry, not predecessor. I meant to say that the new technology should be nothing like its predecessor. That's what I meant mm-hmm, to say. Mm-hmm. And with that notion That means you don't do or execute the same way. So all the other booking platforms have a search Mm -hmm. bar. It's a city, state, uh, check-in, check-out, how many people, hit send, okay? Now, in our ideal customer profile, they're booking for multiple employees, number one, not just one employee. That's the that's right because I'm sending my construction crew of ten. I, I've got ten people 10, 20, that I'm sending out 50, for the job. Yeah, whatever it is, and they they work in different crews. The guys that do excavating are not the same guys that do framing or the electrical or whatever. Like they work in crews, so so that makes the booking complex. 
But if mm -hmm. you are getting on these old products, you would have to do one search at a time, one booking at a time, 10 times. And that's a waste. So mm -hmm. we, we thought about that and we said, okay, we're going to kill the search bar. There's no search bar on our product. When a company sets up their account, a travel manager creates a project, gives mm -hmm. us the project details, and they add the cruise and they specify how the, the, the crews are moving, what tools they're bringing, preferences for the crew, bed size yep. preferences, all that type of stuff. And then that goes into, instead of a search engine, we have a matching engine. So when they see the properties, it's matched to the crew members. So they don't have to look at 2,000 properties. We match them to a 97% match, an 82% match. And for speed to value, this travel manager is now taking a process that would have taken two weeks down to like five minutes. Gotcha. And they can drop all the rentals into a shopping cart and then purchase at one time. That's the power of work BNB. Got it. And so it's it's not really a it's not a, a consumer facing type not at experience. All. B2, this B2B. is really a, a concierge. B2B type experience where, you know, so it's like not anyone can just go and book to, at least for today, th th this is what it is. So, right. you know, right. you're talking like, this is a true B2B experience. Like almost like, this is like putting almost like travel concierge back in business, if you will, but it's meeting Absolutely. needs of a very distinct audience. Whereas like, if you tried to book 30 Airbnbs, all the logins are separate, th then you need each individual to book it because, they right. want to know who's staying there. So you they want to know who's staying. They want and IDs. You could do a hotel, but but you like you mentioned it, you know, months at a time, you know, hotel living can get it can get a little rough. I mean, that can be a little tiring wearing. Rough is kind. It can get atrocious. <laughs> and you know, I I'm we were just talking about this. You went on a trip. And what yeah. did you see in a motel parking lot, right? Like nothing but trucks. But guess a whole what bunch of trucks usually guys go through. This, they go through the stress that these are very transient areas and mm -hmm. these are very transient motels and they have $80,000 worth of tools out in the truck and it has, says ABC construction on the side of it. It's a target for tool theft. Nobody talks about tool theft for these guys. I, so as, I feel as that. A, as a brand, it's our job to be brand architects to tell their story, tell why it's important. Mm -hmm. Again, help them with their mental health. Because again, think about your mental health. I'm worried yeah. that I hear something out in the parking lot and I have to run out in my underwear, hoping that my tool isn't, my tools are being taken because yeah. now I'm not on the job site for two weeks. So these are real stress points and that's what yeah. tech is for. It is meant to solve pain. So every marketplace has its own challenges. Uh, you need a supply side and demand side. And, you know, my understanding of how marketplaces can function best and where to focus is to really build up the supply. And as long yeah. as demand is there, you'll be just fine. But yeah. can you talk to me about like what that's been like for you, how you focus on getting the inventory on board as well as attracting uh, clients that want the inventory that you guys have? So first of all, 
We do two things. One, you know, we really kind of adopted a culture of believing that traveling workers matter. That's been a statement of ours and a staple of the culture. Because once you believe it, you're willing to go the extra mile to solve problems. Okay. So mm-hmm. that, that was number one. And number two, that message starts to resonate with other people because, uh, you know, people have family members that are blue collar, you know, brothers, fathers, uncles that worked in construction. So again, getting them onboarded to like a message and it gives them purpose. Now they start to think, okay, yeah, I want to uh, house workers and I want to make money, but I also want to make an impact. I want to make an impact on my community. And I like this. So, so it feels good. And when you can create something that feels good, you're going to have customers that are cult followers and these cult followers really say things like in the text I sent you earlier that they believe, like they really like want to be a part of this. So, so it's the story that has to resonate first. Mm-hmm. I think a lot of other tech companies in prop tech don't understand that. And that's why they're going out of business is because their mm-hmm. customers aren't fighting to keep them in business. Number one, number two, uh, we built a community before we built a product. Uh, as as a you know overlooked founder that had a hard time raising capital, I had to do the gritty things to kind of get this movement going. And one of the grittiest free things you can do is start a free group on a platform like Facebook. They have mm-hmm. Facebook groups. We created a Facebook group, and we went to all kinds of real estate groups and said, hey, we're building a X platform for traveling workers. Would you like to host traveling workers? Join this group. And we built that group from like 10 to 100 to 600 now. And they have properties all over the country in different markets, but they all resonate with that message. Yes, we believe traveling workers matter. I like your model. I want to see you win. And that's what we carry to tech stars and the momentum. But mm-hmm. but really, here's the other thing that, again, third, real quick, that really drives the real estate person. When they hear that we've done two and a half year bookings, you know, they're just like, what? That exists. So you, you've actually booked a property for two and a half years. Two and a half years. Uh, oh, Ames wow. Construction in Reno, Nevada. They had a freeway expansion project. This is, wasn't a McDonald's, you know, something that was going to be popped up in like eight months. You want to come out to this, South Dakota? We got highway work constantly happening on I-90 here. You know, I'm just saying. They're about to that, redo the, that's the interstate going on exchange right by my house. <laughs> it's going on across the country. Out. I'll so, move out if the so, money's good. Right. And, and and here's what I'm trying to tell you. The money is great. The money is great. And the again, the durations are longer. They mm-hmm. go past mm-hmm. these regulations that are stifling short-term rentals right now. Yeah. And that's that's why we're having a moment right now, is because the pain exists in vacations right now. This could and be something that people in New York City should really pay attention to because a lot New York City, Dallas. San Diego, Las Vegas. That's why we came to Vegas. 
Yep. There are 12,000 illegal short-term rentals. And just last week, one of those owners was just not complying with code enforcement with the county. And they took him to the rack. They, they are charging him $180,000 in fines. And they're leaning it to his house. I don't even want to hear it. Oh, that's terrible. I mean, it's 180,000. Like, Mm -mm. I think that sets a precedent for other cities to say, okay, you know what? Let's try to get the maximum fines now, not just fine people. Let's, let's really press it because they, they really want inventory back to their communities. But again, my message is, well, you want this new highway and these workers are staying in these raggedy motels. So how about they stay in these nicer houses and these nicer communities? And you don't have to worry about them partying at your rental. They're just there for work. I know we talked a lot about construction workers here, (laughs) but you've got a pretty significant client at the moment that has a big event. Well, as we're recording this, has a big event coming up. Yes, as we're recording this. So let's break the news here. Talk about this client. And obviously when yeah. this episode releases that, that event will have been over. For those that know our Genesis story. Yeah. We started in Reno and uh, we started back in April, 2021. And, you know, we, we were watching like historical events happen. Uh, the, the infrastructure bill with Joe Biden that was announced in December, 2021. Mm-hmm. But what was also announced in December, 2021 uh, was that the, the Super Bowl was coming to Vegas. And, and we said to ourselves, as a new tech platform, we know that events like that have big uh, demands for film production crews, mm-hmm, event mm-hmm. production crews to come to Las Vegas and build out these grand experiences for these big, huge mega brands. So we said... Let's not just have a product roadmap. Let's have a customer roadmap. Let's get to the NFL. And Techstars really put it into our uh, training to use every advantage to your, 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 uh, your launch, like to your mm-hmm, adoption. Mm-hmm. And one of the things that, again, I just wasn't trained on. I wasn't really you know, aware about it. But uh, there are diversity supplier programs, and the NFL had one. Oh, it's a it's a DEI program where, it, and it's not just minority owned businesses. It's also women owned businesses, veteran owned businesses that the sure. NFL wants to give contracts to. Uh, and when we saw what they needed, it just shot out right in front of us: temporary housing. And I said, we have to apply. Let's go. Let's try to get in. And just to tell you the story, we didn't really qualify. We were supposed to be founded in Vegas. We had to be in business more than three years. We were in business only two years um, when we applied. And there were other factors that just that would have disqualified us. But um, with the grace of the Las Vegas Tech's tech ecosystem, a very sweet lady by the name of Jamie Schwartz uh, with UNLV Blackfire. Uh, She made an introduction around the the application to the right people. And then I'll never forget it. The NFL calls me on my cell phone and says, congratulations, you have been selected 
That's uh, so awesome. But but here's the thing. They said this very clearly to us. I'm going to give you some details here. <laughs> they said, we've never accepted a tech company into the supplier program before. It's mm. really meant for small businesses. But she said, you know, we need a lot of housing availability. And, you know, we just can't find suppliers to supply what we need. Um, so we're giving you a shot but we want more of a white glove service and mm -hmm. we want you guys to really treat us really well. So no chat bots to communicate, you know, like real people mm -hmm. and real other like luxury type services. But, but I got to tell you, we're not just housing the workers, the blue collar workers in this particular thing. We're also housing marketing teams and when you're housing teams, I mean, there's a ton of people that got to be on the ground for a few weeks, pulling everything right. together, making it all happen, you know. Right. They want nice accommodations that aren't cramped. It's hard to get around. I mean, Vegas sure, yeah. has these huge hotels with these huge lobbies. It takes mm -hmm. you 45 minutes just to get to the parking garage. You know, sure. they just, they want the experience of houses. So, so we really stepped up for that. And I'm proud to be a supplier to the NFL because this is the logo that we get to use on the website. And again, from a brand architect uh, perspective, brand story and the brand genesis, this is a milestone for us. So for sure. I'm ready to leverage the power of the NFL when we go to market in all now, the cities across the United and States. And obviously – I know a lot of the like, if you know, the tech platform is like the the coordination and management of like the contracts mm -hmm. and things like that for for all the housing here. In the, in the actual homes, did you have to go out and like find more owners to fulfill the contracts? Is that that's so, part of like it's got to be part of the hard part here? It, it is, it is, and we've been tested, we've been battle tested. I mean, we we have uh, a really great client by the name of the Penta Building Group here in Las Vegas. Mm. Um, they are the official contractor for formula one oh, and, okay. and they, they helped us you get just put all the big sports logos formula behind one. you. Yeah. Like, yeah, the, 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 if you look at the formula one track, all the mm -hmm. grandstands were done by a company out of Miami because they okay. do the Miami grand prix and they do the, the, uh, the, the grand prix in Austin. So gotcha. It was easy for their team to fly out. So, so again, Penta fed us that client, but then they had a test for us that was incredibly hard. They said, we need housing in Mammoth Lakes, California, which is a 100% vacation rental market. It's a yep. ski resort. I've been there. Ski town. Uh, there's nothing for inventory for these workers. It just does not like at a zero. Yep. And, but, but these workers have to go up there to build a brand new hotel. So, so we were tasked at finding a rental and the way that we found them a rental was by our brand story. I know this sounds crazy, but we've been telling this brand story through LinkedIn and other platforms, sure. IG, Twitter, it attracted real estate investors to us. And 
I happened to take a meeting with a real estate investor and he said, this is really fascinating. You know, my wife and I, we just bought a condo in Mammoth Lakes and I stopped the meeting. I was like, wait, 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 you just bought one? I said, did you list it on anything yet? And he's like, no, we just closed on it like two days ago. I said, <laughs> I have a client who needs it for a year and a half. Do you want a year and a half booking? He dropped his phone. He was like, absolutely. And I again, like we we ran it through the wow. system. But but again, like, like until a community starts to be penetrated with a message, sure. you're not going to do well in just blanket marketing in not in this market. Sure. You know, there are thousands of messages that are being pushed into the minds of people. So what is really powerful that I find in prop tech that a lot of companies are not leveraging is word of mouth. Hmm. Word of mouth creates inbound. And then you take that inbound and you convert that and you make sales. And, and here's the thing. He, he is telling everybody up in that community that hmm. he just got a, a year and a half booking by the Penta building group, building this hotel. And that story permeates, permeates through that real yeah. estate community. It mm -hmm. onboards more properties. There's a flywheel that we activate too. That's how you build a brand. It's interesting you would say that. This was actually something that was a strategic focus when I was at Avail. Uh, I'm in all the groups. I was in all the groups for real estate investors. And you know, I came to the conclusion, I was like, we are never the number one recommendation, period. We had a competitor, Cozy. I don't even like saying the word. In fact, my very first day as an employee at Avail, I got the employee handbook and it had the word cozy as like a description to something. And I corrected it. I immediately wiped it out. I was like, we're not even going to use that term internally. <laughs> I recognized we were not the recommendation of choice. And we actually set it as one of our objectives for the year, which was uh, make landlords love talking about Avail. And, and how do you do that? And we, we we actually went about this rather systematically, um, you know, finding, uh, you know, typically we went for like what I would call a B influencer right. and who had a very engaged audience and we would just work with them to be with them. And then we would either get an introduction or find their friend and do right. the exact same thing with their friends. And we, we would just try and do it in a circle to where like eventually you'd, you'd connect to all 20 that are in like an inner circle, but that right. inner circle reaches 50,000, you know, right. or whatever. And that's not everyone, but it was so hyper-focused. It was, we were the only obvious choice. And right. then we knew all the people within that circle were in other circles. It's mm -hmm. so one the obvious like choice in one hyper-connected circle. We knew that that would translate. And the reality is I literally just yesterday was in a Facebook group chat because someone was asking about, you know, they were looking for recommendations for rental payments. And I'll always go back and drop a veil. Okay, been a customer for years, whatever. Uh, and I was I was just stoked because I, I just kept seeing recommendations for a veil over and over and over. In, in that, the that is, that is the true KPI. You asked about KPIs, talk about KPIs and all that type of stuff. And, and brand KPIs are different. It's sure, it, yeah. what are the words that your customers are saying about you? Like, what yeah. are the the key words that you want them to say, yeah. are they saying that? Are they touching on those things? 
that is real measurement of brand impact. And, you know, again, like I'm a huge fan of Coach Prime, Deion Sanders. He's doing his thing up in Colorado. And he is very meticulous about his messaging from his brand. And one thing that I love that he says, and I've implemented it at Work BNB, he says, in order to elevate to the next level, you must mm-hmm. dominate. Dominate. What does that mean? That means that you have these keyword messages that you get your customers ringing over and over and over. And it comes at such a veracity that your team is is energized because you sure, feel yeah. the momentum as as a as an employee. You're like, wow, like we are hot right now. Look at look how people are talking about us. Right. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. All of that is storytelling, branding, yep. brand architecture. It's all on purpose. We we are doing something a little bit different. I, I don't mind to, to drop this as news, too, because, it, you know, this is a, a tech podcast. Hey, let's drop it. But uh, we're we have a different go to market strategy than most tech companies altogether. Like for us, brand impact is number one. And the way that we decided to achieve that is to not be the only storyteller. Like there are too many brands that are having a, a talking logo and talking mm-hmm. handles, but they don't have real ambition. Amb- ambassadors like like you said with 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 your company like having somebody else go out there now now in this case we didn't hire anybody in our case we have two construction executives one who's the vp of operations for mains construction and another one who's a pre-construction executive for the penta building group they have both agreed to be our premier brand uh, ambassadors for work BNB, but they're also angel investors. Like they have a stake in this. Mm-hmm. So, so they are going out in 2024 to all the top conferences, to all the top things, and they're spreading and evangelizing the word of mouth. And we have really unique things for them to wear. I, we have custom like work BNB hel- helmets and other things that we're showing off. Cause again, we want to dominate this narrative. Nobody in this narrative should talk more about traveling workers than work BNB. That's how we believe that. And, and we're just methodical about it. All right. I, I know we're winding down here, but there was something that, you know, we had a chance to talk about pre-show and I wanted to give a chance here to the, cover this. I mean, you kind of you know broke it down like you know we're taking a different approach on how we're going about this. I love the grassroots. You know we're just going to build Facebook groups and find owners who are out there, and then when we land those contracts, we got supply that we can hook up immediately. Uh, you obviously have gone through TechStars, uh, and no doubt that that you know that the program of TechStars kind of you know, its reputation speaks for itself. But you know your background, you're not from Silicon Valley. You, you don't really come from within the industry, whether it be real estate and prop tech or specifically, you know, workforce uh, hospitality. Like talk me through a bit about like how your, your differing of a background has kind of like led it or translated its way into how you go about business here. Cause it's very clear. You're, you're not about doing 
what has been done before you. Right. Yeah. So uh, I want to tell you, it has been the hardest road. I mean, it's hard to start a business in general. Okay. Uh, And it's hard to survive two years and it's hard to scale. Like those are just hard, cold facts. Okay. But there's this stage in tech called pre-seed, which is kind of like the figure it out stage. Okay. It's the stage that you're supposed to mess up the most. It's the stage that you get your ass kicked the most, but investors that invest in this stage know that it's hard. Mm -hmm. So, so instead of looking at the metrics as, as a trick, as, as this is like the key fundamental of pre-seed, instead of looking at the metrics, they're supposed to look at the founder. Is the founder dedicated? Are they mm-hmm. doing the best that they can? Are they talking to as many customers as possible? Mm-hmm. If they can show me that proof, then I'm going to write them a small check. And in our case, because we're not from MIT and Stanford and Silicon Valley, we're on the lower end of like believability in tech, where it's just like, you know, or, or here's another good one. If I was ex-Uber or ex-Google, oh, 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 you've been a part of something massive in tech. Yeah, I'm going to write you a check. Like, mm-hmm. like there are trust factors. And, and again, what makes this difficult is for women founders, minority founders, where you have like this less than as soon as you come in the gate. And it's like, well, hey, wait, I have a customer. I have, you know, early revenue. I'm, I'm working on building the product, but I need that first check. When that doesn't happen, you start mm-hmm. to get really defeated. And then you can start to feel like, is this even worth it? Should I, should I really do this? Now, I'm a, I'm a passionate, pur- purpose-driven person. And purpose gives me the ability to shake off some of that nonsense. But I have to be strategic and say, okay, well, if I can't get traditional funding sources like venture capital to take me seriously, I need to find a home base that believes in minority founders and they they want to prove the industry wrong. And we mm-hmm. found that home with Techstars. And Techstars really took really great care of us. You know, and when you get 120,000 at a pre-seed, like it gives you rocket fuel to say, you know what, I'm going to prove other people wrong. I'm going to go out here and I'm going to really build this thing. And, uh, and, you know, again, like we put tech stars on the Jersey because like they, they earned it. They got us here. That Jersey is so cool. (laughs) (laughs) I love it. I love it. All right, Yves, we're going to shift down to the bottom of the show here. This last segment I like to call for the future. For the futures, when I get to ask each guest who comes on the show to give their best predictions based on the following four questions. Are you ready to play? I'm ready to play. Let's go. All right, here we go. Number one, what does work BNB look like one year from now? Ooh, one year from now. I I want to say twenty six million in process revenue, maybe a little bit more. Uh uh operating in fifteen states. You'll see us in New York City. 
You'll see us in Dallas. You'll definitely see us in San Diego. And we will be dominating in Las Vegas with the High Speed Rail Project and the relocation of the Oakland A's to Vegas. Yes. (laughs) I'm ready. All right. Number two here. Will the category remain named as workforce housing or as it develops, do you see it shifting and potentially being renamed or becoming something else altogether? It will be renamed. It will switch to workforce rentals. Rentals make sense. The rental industry has real conferences and real, uh, you know, backing uh, sponsors, energy. So it's just vanilla and French vanilla, vacation rentals, workforce rentals. Like it's just who's your customer profile. And again, like it's being adopted right now. Work B&B, we consider ourselves again, we coined it, we're leading it. Mm-hmm. And uh, you will see people walking around with t-shirts, workforce rentals. Like we're, we're putting it out there. All right. Number three here on For the Future, what's one industry trend you think will continue, but you wish would go away? <sighs> you know, um, I wish that affordable housing would go away. Like, like in, in the sense of like the crisis of affordable housing, I want the crisis to go away. I, I want, I want solutions to really come forward where housing stock, you know, comes on and, you know, these teenagers, I feel bad for them. Like trying to get your first house. Like we need more first homes. We need more affordable homes. We need more affordable solutions. I think that will be more in tiny homes. But Mm. again, like if there's something that I'm just tired of, like, why is this still happening? Why does this still exist? You know, affordable housing has to change. And, and, uh, and I pray it does. All right. Last one here. What's one thing you believe will dramatically change or fade away in real estate as a result of tech advances? Um, I may get in trouble for this one. <laughs> I'm not your boss, man. You say whatever you want. <laughs> Woo, wow. Okay. So again, like I look at like Extended Stay America, like it's like blockbuster. Like you think you got this thing on lock. When you lose your bread and butter to work B&B, like I know that's going to hurt and, you know, whatever. But I mean, things change, you know, and, you know, they can change. They can change their customer profiles, all that kind of stuff. But um the other thing that that I think is coming, um, wow, uh, there's probably going to be a big shift in corporate housing too. Like, hmm. I think that because again, like apartment housing is apartments. It's apartments. That's what corporate housing is. It's not single family homes. So mm-hmm. I think there will be some sort of like shift to where. That inventory apartments are going to go back into uh, uh, the uh, the housing stock because corporate housing giants are going to lose their foothold in the future. Mm. Uh, and I think PropTech is leading that. Yves, this has been great. I appreciate you coming on the show. Thanks for breaking it down. I mean, sharing about your personal journey, but also, you know, how Techstars has helped you navigate being an early stage startup 
Uh, and congrats on working with the NFL as an official Super Bowl Thank uh, you. housing supplier. I think that's a pretty cool uh, accomplishment, especially early on in your journey here. Uh, before we close out, for those who want to get in touch with you or learn more about Work BNB, where do they go and how do they do that? So, uh, you know, I have a public persona uh, on the socials where I document the Work BNB journey, and I and I take DMs from people too. So. Uh, on X, on Instagram, um, you know, WorkBNB CEO is my handle. Uh, I'm very, you know, uh, accessible on LinkedIn as well. Um, I post a lot about our journey uh, in LinkedIn, so it's mm-hmm. kind of like follow along uh, and follow follow the movement, follow the ride. Uh, YouTube as well, TikTok. I know. I, I was like shocked that I got on TikTok, but I'm there. Uh, <laughs> and and then also, you know, again, workbnbapp.com uh, and watch for the updates for, you know, our unrestricted beta launch. I mean, we, there it is. we we're very excited to launch uh, very, very soon. Uh, and uh, we know it's going to be a spectacular launch because we got a lot of things planned that I'm not going to share, but it's going to be something that makes prop tech memorable and i'm excited to be a part of that very cool well uh, again appreciate you coming on the show hopefully we'll get a chance to link up in person and at uh, one of the industry events here along the way but until then we'll see you later all right thank you thanks for listening to TechNest, the prop tech podcast find all the links and resources mentioned in this episode on technest.io You can get future episodes delivered to your ears directly by subscribing to the podcast on iTunes, Spotify, Google Podcasts, and all other major podcast apps. Follow TechNest on social media to stay up to speed on new developments, resources, and announcements in PropTech. Your support is greatly appreciated. There's two ways you can directly support this podcast. Share episodes you find interesting and then leave a review of the show in the App Store. From Nate and the TechNest team, thanks for listening.